Today on the podcast, my friends, we are going to the theater in Benton Harbor. We're going to be talking with Paul Mao. He is the artistic director and co-founder of Ghost Light Theater. And my guest today, I'm so excited to jump into this. Paul Mao is here. He is the artistic director and co-founder of the Ghost Light Theater. Dude, how are you? It is a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. We are great. Uh, we have already got one show under our belt, believe it or not. Uh, the first two weeks, uh, two weekends in June, we did a uh, an outdoor performance, eight shows of a play by Bess Wool called uh, Small Mouth Sounds. It was literally an outdoor silent retreat. Oh, wow. Perfect for COVID, right? Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> we planned our director, Les Rourke, brilliant idea to have an outdoor silent retreat. Lots of, you know, facial expressions, body movement, but that way... COVID or no COVID, we didn't have to be spewing into each other's faces in a play. So very yes. little dialogue. I think the book for the play is only like 18 pages long. So that was our first production. And this last weekend, we opened this gorgeous uh, romance of a musical called The Light in the Piazza, which I think is the regional debut for Southwest Michigan. Wow, that's very cool. So I, I want to go forward, obviously, because that's the direction we're all going. But let's go backwards for a second, Paul, because I do want to jump inside of your brain and think, okay, 2018, when this this idea finally gets enough form and function around it that you're going to turn it into something, where did the idea come from and, and how? what was 2018 like building to the opening in 2019? It was exciting, you know, and it, it felt like an idea that may never, or a mountain we never might climb, uh, but uh, with enough community support and enough players and people that wanted to make something happen down here in the, in the uh, Arts District of Benton Harbor, something different, uh, we had a lot of momentum and the, the night it came down to it, I think it was August 8th or something of 2018, uh, we had a party where we needed to raise $50,000 to make it go uh, to get our first down payment on the reno and everything. And we raised $150,000. So wow. it was like, boom, like we got matching gifts. We had foundations. We had everybody writing checks. It was really a beautiful time. Um, I fortunately have uh, been the equity is that I've been in this community to see some of the posters behind me sure. um, for 13 or 14 years prior to that, probably at all the theaters directing and trying to make art happen at a higher and higher level, whether that's musicals or plays. I was the director of theater down at Southwestern Michigan College. I am currently the uh, coordinator, theater coordinator at Lake Michigan College. So I do the plays and musicals there. Um, and I worked at the Twin City Players and the community theaters and some of the high schools, I teach private voice to a lot of the students. So I had my fingers in a lot of pies before we tried to have this thing happen. And, uh, but I couldn't have done it without my donors and my co-founder, uh, Marty Hess. She's amazing too. That's awesome. And so you open in 2019 and then we all get greeted by a global pandemic. Um, what was that like for you? And I saw on YouTube, you guys did do some virtual. So how quickly were you guys able to pivot on that? And what was that first couple weeks or months like for you? The first few months, you know, I had a lot of artists that were just like, we, yeah, sure, we'll sing. It's a lot of fun. And then so we did like a monthly cabaret. You saw some of the virtual cabarets. Yes. Yep. The neat thing about that was I could have my colleagues from all over the world um, do those virtually, which, you know, didn't have to fly them in and put them up and pay them lots of money to do it. So the first few months were great, but then that waned and people were tired of being inside staring at each other. And uh, yep. so so that, you know, I think we did several, seven or eight. And then... Uh, Full, full throttle, we tried to plan for this summer. And uh, I tell you, the past several months have been tough because we just haven't known. We haven't known. All right, <laughs> well, 
put all this budget down and here's the tens of thousands of dollars it's going to take to make this happen outdoors or indoors and cross your fingers and hope that uh, the uh, pandemic will lighten up. Yeah, and, and obviously you're not alone. The example I've been continuing to use is if you look at Lollapalooza, I, I, I'm dying to talk to somebody from that to know who was like, let's put all the chips in the middle and let's just see what happens, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Good luck. Clap right. it up. Right. I don't know. We may have it. We may not have it, but we're, we're pressing forward. So before we talk about what you guys have it going for right now and the rest of the summer and through 21 into 22, I want to really sit here for a second and explain to people the importance of a community theater and what it does for not only the community, but the kids who might come out to it or experience it in some sort of camp fashion. Can you talk about the importance of theater and how a community theater can kind of sh change the shape of a city? Absolutely. It's, it's been amazing for me to come back. You know, I, I grew up in the area in Coloma, a small town about 10 miles uh, inland. Um, and uh, I went to the University of Michigan and I found my voice and I was an opera singer for several years at the New York City Opera. And when I came back, I realized not a whole lot had changed in Southwest Michigan. Um, and a lot of the same uh, thoughts in the families are, well, you can have fun, Charlie or Susie, and you can go dance and you can go play in theater, but you're going to have to get a real job. So you're going right. to have to go to college, major in engineering. You're going to have to go and major in math. Both of my parents were math teachers. So I had that same idea when I went to the University of Michigan. I literally thought I was going to be a doctor, a lawyer, or a teacher. Those were my only choices. But I love to sing. So my first, my first undergraduate degree was in poli-sci communications. And I got done, but I was still singing with the University of Michigan Men's Glee Club. And I said, I don't want to give this up. You're literally telling me I can go to Chicago, get this job at 22, 23 years old, but I'll never sing again. And I, that just broke my heart. Yep. And so it's my own personal experience was that my, I found my voice in enough time at 22, 23 that I went back to music school. I was in Ann Arbor. I was fortunate to have a great music school right there. They said, you're going to have to get a whole nother bachelor's degree. And I said, let's do it. And so I found my voice. I had enough time. I'm a, fortunately, my mother put up with it for the tuition and everything else, you know. And so uh, I found my way to opera, but not enough uh, kids find their way to the performing arts, especially in Southwest Michigan, where sports and pageants still rule the world. You know, right. so it's like a beauty pageant or a football team that wins. Otherwise, stick to the books and go to go to a good school, which is great. But now in a YouTube world, when I graduated in 1990, hundred years ago um, from high school, there was no YouTube, but the kids can see now, they can see the high level, the high quality of performance that's out there and available to them. So I get them coming to me at 12, 13, 14 years old saying, I wanna do this, I have a passion for this. And so as a voice teacher and as a director, I try like a Pied Piper to find those, those voices <laughs> and those, those dancers, those voices, those actors and say, come on, let's, let's, let's put on a show. And uh, I've had some real success stories. You know, I've got students in New York at uh, Cincinnati Conservatory, some of the finest musical theater uh, schools there are. Um, but I want more. I want, I want every kid to know there's an opportunity there. And if they put their, it's really a work ethic thing. They learn that, you know, you can't just show up and sing, even if you're talented, you have to put the work ethic into it. So I think that's, what's going to build, especially in an inner city, like Benton Harbor, work ethics, everything, like whether sure. the student does one show or four years of shows through high school, they build a work ethic and they build a self-esteem that is just palpable. 
So would you imagine, Paul, because of what we've all learned in the last 14, 15, 16 months, could you see yourself maybe doing a virtual class like that where you could teach people so you could extend your reach from a single location and a one-person wrecking machine into something a little bit larger to reach more people? I thought about that from like the entrepreneurial sure. sphere. Like, oh, I could do more voice lessons. I could do more uh, theater training classes and things like that. But I'm still so just like dead set into uh, our community here that I'm still trying to turn over every stone. Um, at, at the college, I'm working on a devised piece of theater to get into the Benton Harbor schools and, and tell these students stories and do a devised work of theater that's not scripted, that's not somebody else's story, but it's, that's our story. Sure. So we learned how to do that at the college this last year. We um, spent a good good period of our semester working with three uh, young uh, playwrights to do devised theater and to be able to do these new scripted works that students were like, wait, you're going to write a play just for me? I'm going to, and so then you just saw that work ethic turn on and say, no one's ever done this before. This is my show. This is something that I'm, you know, trailblazing. So, um, I, you know, I think, I think you've got a, a great point there that, you know, I could do a lot more virtually. Um, but I, you know, I made a decision to come home and stay home and make a difference here. And that's like, really still fuels my passion. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about what you guys are doing at Ghostlight. What can people expect right now? We're in when we're recording. We're in the middle of June. What does June, July, and August look like, and what's going on in the future? Oh, we've got a lot going on. So this—I uh, don't know when this airs. Do you know when this will actually air? Um, I think it's early July. I don't think it's much further away than we are now. But Terrific. perfect. So in Southwest Michigan, everybody does everything in July. So it's you know the July Fourth concerts, the fireworks. There's a big art fair on the bluff, uh, St. Joe today. So we uh, are fortunate to, to have done our first two shows now in June, but we're rehearsing all of July to do two more productions in August. So August 5 through 15, we're doing our third play production. We're doing uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, the old Sydney Poitier Catherine yeah. movie that's been adapted for a play. Great director, Keisha Diroli. Uh, and the very cool thing is the Sydney Poitier uh, part, uh, Dr. Prentice, is being played by the new superintendent of Ben Harbor Schools. Oh, wow. Dr. Andre Townsell. And so he's like kind of new to theater, but he you know, cuts this swath and he wears a suit everywhere he goes. And like, he's just real excited to build a show around him. My father-in-law, Bill Klein, who's been on the boards for decades is also in the show as the Monsignor. Um, but that's a that's kind of our statement piece. You know, it's a piece about race. It's, it's, it's you know, a, a tried and true story that from the 60s that we're updating to contemporary times. We're also going to be taking for the first time that production um, on a third weekend down to the Acorn Theater a little bit further south in Three Oaks. So we'll be doing a ninth production of that show one night only down in the Acorn. And then our final production, um, we're doing a Shakespeare, Much Ado About Nothing, fun comedy. So sure. we're actually taking that outdoors as well. Our director, Christina McCloskey, is uh, indoctrinated, indoctrinating us all into something called uh, theater in promenade. So it's, I, I grew up reading like choose your own adventure books. Right, yeah, yeah, that. yep. So it'll start in one area, it's outdoors. It'll start in one area and then they will invite you. Hey, if you wanna hear more about Demetrius and Helena, that's the wrong show, that's uh, Midsummer. But if you wanna sure. hear more about these two and their, their courting and their love, come over here about 50 yards and we'll do that section of the play. But oh, if you wow. want to go over here and hear this section of the play, you can follow us over here. So it turns into this kind of like parkour or parkour of like a little bit of movement and people yeah. like kind of follow around. And so you could come one night and see 
three sections of the play over here and another night and go see three sections of the play over here. And you still kind of get the gist of what's happening for, through the whole production. And there's a small faction of folks that have like worked really, really hard on the upkeep. And we're actually going to do this theater and promenade back in that old space oh, where like wow. all these huge acts used to come through like John Philip Sousa. And, you know, so we're kind of helping them re-enliven that space. So that'll be uh, the last two weekends in August, August 19 through 29 or something like that. That's so awesome. Yeah, much, much, uh, much to do about nothing. That's uh, August 19 through 29. And then before that is guess who's coming to dinner. So August, every weekend, we're going to be putting on plays. And then last but not least, we have a great uh, camp in July that is mostly full right now, but there might still be a spot available by the time people see this called Cirque Esteem. And, and it's building students self-esteem through the practice and the cultivation of circus arts. So the coolest thing, and that's from Chicago, it's a great organization. Uh, and that's July 12 through 16 at Lake Michigan College. And we have them in our first season too, because we weren't doing enough that first season. Was right. Let's talk about a, a head explosion, <laughs> right? My head explode. Um, but uh, so they're gonna be in town again, the 12th through the 16th. And that's such a great organization because you know, circus arts, whether it's the German wheel or silks or what people do, no one comes to that camp with like, you know, I'm already a good singer. Or I'm already, a good, <laughs> right, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm already yes. a good dancer. All these kids come and go, what are we learning? <laughs> I've never right. done that before. Right. So they, they learn together and there's no like ego or I'm the best dancer. I'm the best. This. They all try these new things. Um, and it's just wonderful to see those those kids that kind of come in meek and they come out of their shell and they're suddenly flying in silks and they're doing all these great little circus circus tricks. So, so that's, so it's a full summer and uh, we've got a lot going on. So Paul, if people want to join you in any of these things, where do they find you on the internet? Please go to ghostlightbh, and that BH is for Benton Harbor, ghostlightbh.com. And uh, you can contact us on the contact page. You can go to my website, paulmao.com, and contact me there if you need a director uh, or a voice teacher. But um, so we've got, we're all over the internet, and uh, we've got tickets available for our shows still for August. So we'd love to see people come out. But more than selling tickets, you know, community theater doesn't happen without community. It takes 10 to 15 volunteers every single night to open our doors, front of house, back of house. We have interns. You know, we can't do it without our amazing volunteers. Our donors are obviously very important as well. But people that just want to show up and 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 help us, we'd love that because we're we're new. You know, we're yeah. not we don't have 75 years in the books. You know, like some of our community theater colleagues. Um, so we need all the people that want to be a part of something new and engaging to come on down. Paul Mao, it is a pleasure, my friend. I cannot wait to see you guys in August. Have an awesome week. Thank you so much, Eric.